Running Sentences presents The Drawn Out Fight Part 3 A Trip to Peace Now tied down with company, Vaz tries to forge on in his search for his brother, this time towards the town of Peace. This is a work of fiction. It is inspired by the manga Tree Gut. There are several similarities between the two, but I have made a lot of differences as well. If you wish to classify this as fan fiction, that might be what it's best named as. Copyright 2022. Michael Henry. All rights reserved. The dusty, sandy road which Faz was driving on was not much of one. It was supposed to be at least a two-lane thing, but whoever had built it packed the sand for just one lane. Then didn't bother dealing with another lane, since it was probably hot, humid, and there was nothing as far as I could see that would warrant such construction. The exception to that was the sand, but no one who drove these roads or built them liked to think about such sand as it was everywhere and continued on forever and ever. Mary and her friend Ori sat in the back seat of his little open-topped truck, enjoying the blast of wind as they drove. Mary, how far to the next town? About fifty clicks on the map. Why? Well, it is just that I... Mary shook her head understandingly and leaned forward to tap Vass on the shoulder. He glanced back to see as she thumbed to the side of the road. He pulled over a second later, doing his best to keep two tires on the packed road. The rest of the sand was fluffy and made it hard to drive through and get off of once one got onto it. Ori was over the side in a flash and hurrying off towards a spot near a plant that would offer her some privacy. Why did you choose peace to go too fast? There were rumors of a creature being there. How much do you trust your associate over there, by the way? She doesn't seem like the type to get involved in violent things. Oh, don't worry about her. She is more than capable of handling herself. Besides, I asked her to come along because she is good at finding things which you seem to need desperate help with, since you can't find what you are looking for. He glanced over to the side of the road to see if the other lady was all right. She was a slim, svelte thing, and she just sort of blended in very well. She didn't appear to be behind the plan anymore, so we sat up to get a better look. Ori was still there, but well hidden. Her black hair was blowing in the wind, which gave him the sign that she was, in fact, there. I worry about getting others involved in this mess. I don't really need that on my hands. It's fine. Worry all you want. We are sticking around until we know for certain what's going on, and that your brother is responsible for some of this. That was not what he wanted to hear at all, so he shook his head now, then turned to get the truck started again. Ori was headed back, and was almost upon the little truck. Were you two talking about me? Of course we were. What else is there to do out here, and you are a stranger in my truck, so I want to know about you. She ignored him and clambered back into the vehicle, as he did his best not to spin the wheels so that he could get going again. An hour drive put them on a small, new, dusty road thanks to a sign which pointed to a variety of towns in the area. They were all a ways away, except for the town of Peace, a small smudge of a place near a mostly dried-up lake. The sand that surrounded it gave no signs of anything else habitable. The road had begun to descend and gave them a view of a beige, sandy town that was camouflaged in its way, so it was almost not seeable except that it stood out a bit. 
the truck rumbled its way to the entrance of peace where there was no sign welcoming them in. Instead, the town began with buildings popping up on either side of the road. Vath decided to slow down, even though no one appeared to be out and about. He wagered it had something to do with the heat that they could now feel, and a bit of that was thanks to the fact that they were now driving slower. He moved the car towards the side of the road, near the sidewalk, to a place that claimed to be a hotel. It was run down, and the doors looked only half on. Out of the car and with luggage, they stood in front of these doors. Vass was in front and sighing to himself. Most places he visited looked like this. Down and outs of sorts, even though by all accounts this place should be more taken care of. It didn't necessarily mean that dolls were here, but it did mean that there was a good chance they would be. What's wrong? Nothing, Miss Ori, but keep on the lookout. Things don't feel right here. Vass held the door in his hand once he entered, hoping it wasn't to fall off, and then that his grip was keeping it there, as Ori and Mary both went past into this hotel lobby. With care, he tried to reclose the door once they'd entered. It stayed in place barely, and then as he backed away, it came crashing down. So much for your effort. The noise of rushing footsteps followed by a figure holding a shotgun came out from behind a door near the hotel desk. The gun wasn't pointed anywhere yet, but the figure of a young woman looked ready to shoulder it at any moment's notice. What was that noise? Who is here? We are here looking for to rent some rooms, if you don't mind. The clerk held the gun tightly against her chest. She eyed the unusual sight of people. There was some doubt in her eyes as she looked them over. Your door fell down on its own. That's what caused the noise, by the way. Doors don't just fall down. It fell down after I closed it, and so, yes, apparently they do. Anyway, if you had taken care of this establishment, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His rebuke drew glances from his companions and the clerk. It wasn't a nice comment, he knew that much, but at the same time, it was entirely true. One shouldn't run from the truth without very good reasons to do so. And who are you three? Do you have permission to be in the City of Peace? Since when does one need permission to enter a city? Two months ago, miss, the town selectmen issued a proclamation deeming outsiders forbidden from coming here. Did you not hear the news? Mary and Ori both took steps forward towards the desk, both producing badges from some pockets and dropping them onto said desk. The clerk took a few steps over towards this and looked at the women and then down at the badges. We work for the government of this planet and have heard nothing about this, have we, Mary? Nary a word from any official in town. Big changes are usually told to the government so that they can find ways to help out, yet nothing came our way, Miss Hotel Owner. There was a bead of sweat on the clerk's forehead and she looked up and down. Vass approached as he looked about the worn interior of the place. The wood was all graying, despite being brown in color. Usually in places like this, there were gambling tables or some sort of entertainment, maybe a piano or something like that. Here, there were a few chairs and little else to keep one company. We wish to stay here, and we will take it up with your first selectman to make sure it is okay. All you have to do is book us in. If the selectman says no, you can arrest it from the book. No harm, no foul. 
The clerk glared at them, but her hand went to a big book at the side of the desk with the word guests on it. She pulled it in front of her and grabbed a pen from somewhere. I will take your names, and then you go straight to the selectmen, okay? Mary and Ori nodded as they retrieved their badges off of the desk. I'm Mary Albright, and this is Ori Card, and the one back there simply goes by Vass. The shotgun was put down so that she could get the book opened and then scribbled down something in a hurry on some of the spaces. Probably not their names, but she slammed it shut before they could see what was written. Done. Now leave this establishment. Lead the way to your first selectman, then, miss. The clerk picked up her shotgun and eyed them as she came around the desk. She pointed them out the open door and even moved her arm so that she could grab a hold of Ori, who had said this, and push her towards the door. Back out on the street, the group moved down the sidewalk on the one-lane road. At one end sat a church, which then split the road into a fork. The other side of the road, the one that they'd come in, let people into town. The walk here was only a few minutes before they came to another brown-beige building that looked faded and unhappy to be standing. This is the building we three need to enter. Now go in. She racked her gun to get them moving on without questioning her. And so they went. A nice, clean interior greeted them with deeply stained wood and not a fleck of sand anywhere in the room. It was just a single room with a desk and a sign for a mare on it. Whoever was supposed to be there, however, was not seated behind the desk. I thought they said it was a first selectman, not a mare. I guess most consider themselves to be the same from on that front from what I know. I was not aware, Mary, that you were up in the world of politics, or little town politics. Their little back and forth was interrupted when a door in the back of the room opened, and a small man tried to quietly sneak into the room. The trio, though, caught sight of him and stared at him as he quietly closed the door with his back to them, unaware of them until he got it fully closed and turned to face them. Oh, poop. Selectman Simpson, I believe it is. Why is it you have shut down this town to visitors? The selectman marched forward, chest puffed out as if nothing had happened. The man then moved to sit down on his big chair, which happened to make him look even smaller. Yes, so what? What of it? I have the right to control this town as I see fit and keep the people safe. Are you saying that I'm not keeping people safe? Who are you three? Mary and Ori brought out their badges once again, and then moved over to Simpson so that he could read what they said. His expression went a bit pale, but after a second, he tried to put a brave face on the matter. Is that enough proof for you that we are here on important matters, uh, first selectman? The selectman chose to ignore Ori and pointed towards Vass, who was off to the side. And what about this one? Is he with the government too? There was a pause as the two ladies tried to come up with a quick answer, and then Mary jumped in. He's a new deputy working under us, newly deputized, in fact, and so new that we haven't gotten a chance to get him a badge. Yet. We discovered him tracking a criminal that we, as the government, are after, so we enlisted his help. Exactly, as Ori points out, and those people might be here, which is why we are here. Impossible. The town has been shut down to anyone aside from the people who live here. Yes, about that. Why did you start that? 
to protect the people from threats outside of our city. You rangers and government people don't know what it's like out here on the edge of nowhere. Ori stepped around the desk and in motion and grabbed a hold of the selectman's shirt and jacket, pulling him up a bit out of his chair. It is ill-advised to assume what people do or do not know about, okay? She shook the selectman a few times and then let him go. Simpson would sink back into his chair with a shocked and awed expression, plastering across his face. Then realization finally dawned on him that he was free, and so he scrambled back to his feet and out of the chair. I will not be lectured to or threatened by the likes of you. Get out of my town. Are you now interfering with government business? What do we do in these cases, Ori? I forget. Why, Mary, don't you remember? We arrest them and remove them from power. Ori moved her hand to one of her pockets and withdrew a set of cuffs and moved to put them on the mare, who promptly jumped out of the way and began running for the door in the back of the room before this could happen. Selectman Simpson threw the door open and ran out after that, leaving the three just standing there sort of surprised. That was a bit much, don't you think? Nah, he was never going to listen to us fast. Now, though, we can see where he's going and what this quiet town is up to, as it used to have life, from what I've heard, but now is very, very strange. Mary and Ori headed for the opposite doors, with Ori going out the front and Mary the back. Follow me, Vass. We're hunting a runner. Maybe you can learn a thing or two on my side. Vass turned and followed Ori out after looking between the two to decide what to do. They were out of the building in a second as Ori led them across the street and up the road heading towards the church. Where are you going? Well, there's a chance he's headed for church or I might try and squirrel his way out onto this road through the alleyway. We don't know yet. There isn't much to this town um, or beyond it. Uh, there's just sandy dunes on the road and from what I know, the road out of here doesn't actually lead anywhere. I think it's a dead town, but that's okay. We will just have to deal with things. They continued to run as he looked about for the selectmen. The small man did not appear as they were approaching the church at a rapid pace. The simple wooden structures of buildings around here had all seen better days and better paint jobs, but it probably would do for the people here since they might not need fancy buildings. It was at this point a small man bolted out from across the building and headed towards the church front door. Ha! Knew it! Ori's pace increased as she swerved so she wasn't headed for the front door. The selectman got to the church before they did and rushed in throwing the door closed behind him. He never looked to see who might be giving chase to him which Vass thought was great but Ori pointed off towards the side and so they went to the side of the church instead of into it where a small little pathway separated the church from the cemetery next to it. Vass had little time to take it all in, other than to see it was a rather small cemetery with few graves, which he thought was interesting. It could mean this town was fairly new, or that something was wrong with this place. To a stop they would come at the back of the church, where there were no doors here, but it was a nice solid wall there. The back of this holy building was a solid slab design that seemed to be made of wood and stone and was holding the building up. What now? No idea. I figured you'd keep running through the building and out back. I guess you take that side and I'll take the side we just came down. Make sure he can't get away. Hopefully. She was then off the way they'd come, so he rushed around the other way just in case. 
The side of the church on this side was covered in rolled up dusty weeds that had found the wall of the church and could go no further. There was lots of sand making the way slippery and there was no pathway. The wind seemed to blow strongly in this direction which kicked up everything, making it hard to see more than a foot in front of him. He found himself pleased that the selectman did not appear before him trying to escape, since he wasn't sure he could pick him out of this mess. He wound up back in the front door of this place without seeing anything and found himself across from Ori. Mary also came to join them, hurrying her way towards them. Is he inside? No way out from this side or the back. What about you, Vass? Uh, no. No door on that side either. The two ladies then turned to the door, with Ori giving it a good kick to try and open it. The door moved maybe an inch, with something blocking it from going any further. Vass took a step back while the two battered the door to try and get it open. He looked at the church, which did have a steeple, but it didn't look like much other than it had a bell up on top. With a crash, though, the door had already come open, and so he abandoned his plan to try and climb up the building and just followed them in. The wooden, worn building looked no better inside than it did outside. A pew had been pushed in front of the front door, but it was shattered and, like the rest of this place, seemed to not have been taken care of. Mary and Ori were already marching up towards the front, where the selectmen stood behind the pulpit. I hereby cast out strangers who have come to this town to take our things away. The selectman then scrambled from the pulpit down to one of the pews that was near the front of the room, a move that made them all stop to watch what was going on. Simpson then sat down on a pew and raised his hand. Amen! He then bounced up with a hurried step towards the pulpit once more, getting there as Mary decided to move, heading for him. I therefore have a unanimous decision from the townspeople, then. We will take action. Mary got up to him, grabbed him by the arm, as Ori threw her handcuffs to Mary. In a swift motion of catching them and then slapping them on, she had the selectman arrested. Now then, Simpson, you are under arrest for assuming power from the selectman. Where are the people of this town, by the way? I am the town, I am the selectman, there's nothing here but weeds and me. That's a terrible lie. There was a person at the hotel we met when we came in. A figment of the imagination. You wanted someone to be there, and so they were there. I know all too well. I see people all the time, but they are fakes. Mary pulled him off the stage towards the door. Shall we go see who is right and who is wrong, then? Regardless, the selectman didn't have a choice, as Ori went to his other side and she and Mary dragged him out. The commotion that they had made had drawn plenty of attention as the once empty streets now had a few people out on it after hearing so much noise. They were all looking to see what was going on. The sight of Simpson being dragged along by two ladies towards the hotel brought gasps from them. A few whispers were also heard, but nothing distinguishable among the hubbub as they passed by. Vass was curious as to why they didn't stop in front of any of these people and ask what was going on, but the two government officers seemed intent on the hotel, and so he followed along. In they went to the hotel and came to a stop at the front desk, with a few people actually following them in. The hotel clerk, with her hands across her chest, looked rather annoyed and surprised that something was going on in her little place of business. 
Now then, Miss Clerk, can you see the gentleman who claims he is the selectman? The clerk nodded yes, still confused, and now was looking around at the other townspeople for help. They took to talking among themselves, though, and offered her nothing. Elsa and Selectman Simpson, do you see this clerk lady before you? I see an abandoned hotel and nothing else. The Selectman was looking away and towards the ceiling without actually bothering to look around. More noise broke out from the gathered crowd, who were not sure what to do with themselves anymore. There was more bubbling and excitement going around. Something exciting had happened into their little town, and now they did not know what to do. He is the selectman. I don't know why he doesn't know me, or is claiming he doesn't know me. After all, I am his cousin. I think he has been struck by a madness, a bout of sand madness, though without a doctor. One can't be too sure if that is what it is. Are you sure, Oi? He seems to understand an awful lot for someone who's lost his mind. I'm, I'm not saying he's faking it or not, but, um, well, it seems like he might fake it. No, I'm not sure, Mary, but that's why we do need a doctor to make sure of these things. Is there one in town? Anyone? They turned to look at the gathering group, where there were many head shakes now, and it seemed like all the talking was now done and over with from the crowd. First person to tell us about the selectman or a nearby doctor will get three drinks paid for by me at your local watering hole. And nice drinks, not the cheap stuff. This perked things up once again. What do you need to know? Shut up, Billy. You know nothing about Simpson or any doctors. I do too, Ruby Jones. I know that the doctor comes from Springsville every third week and that you go to see him because he's fine looking. You're perfectly healthy, which only means one thing. The two voices were drowned out by more conversation than the voices from the crowd, which overwhelmed the room. Mary came up behind Vats and tapped him on the arm to get him to pay attention to her through all of the noise. Happy with your work here? Yes. Pleased that people are willing to talk and gossip. Now I just need to figure out what is gossip and what is real. You two should find a place to lock up this one and put Sims in a safe space, perhaps. She seemed curious about this, but he waved her away. Let us talk over about that at the saloon. He then turned towards the crowd. The last person through the door of the saloon of the lot of you pays for the first round. A second later, a stampede of people managed to successfully get through the small doors of the hotel. The room emptied as Vass walked after them, shaking his head. The bar he entered a few minutes later was like the rest of the town, worn, haggard with age, and didn't seem to suit it at all, and ill taken care of. It was also now packed with more people than had been at the hotel, which Vass could only shake his head at. People did love to drink, and he had said that the last person through was going to pay for drinks which was now him. Bartender, around on me, since I'm the last one in. A cheer went up from the crowd as he approached the bar and fished money out of his pocket. The stubby man tending the bar came over to where Vass stopped. That's quite a pretty price you'll pay for these people. Money makes the world go around. How much? Sixty gristled coins, if you don't mind. Will paper money do? There was a firm nod yes, so Vass took out some from his hidden pocket. He counted out a few of these 
paper bills and tossed them onto the bar. They were grabbed up greedily as the man counted them to make sure he wasn't being shortchanged and then nodded. Round of beers for all. Another cheer went up for the crowd as Vats moved to sit down on one of the bar stools so he could observe the crowd. It didn't take long for the two who had begun conversing, who tried to talk to him at the hotel, to come crowding into his space. Ruby, go away. Just because you like the doctor doesn't mean you know anything about his ways. I do too. Vast looked over at them with an even gaze as a drink was put on the counter before him. He picked it up and took a sip, considering the two before he spoke to them. Ah, oh, you two. They turned to him, surprised that they were in front of him, and both shut up the second they saw him. You have something to tell me about the selectman or the doctor who might be coming to town? He comes once a month, and only for two days. You're lucky his next stop should be around here by tomorrow. Yes, lucky indeed. And you, lady, what do you have to say? The doctor, as amazing as he is, won't be able to help you at all. He only knows the most basic of things. Need a tooth pulled? Sure, he can do it. Break a bone? He'll stabilize it, though most people know how to do that themselves. He isn't really much of a doctor. He just sort of helps. So no help for the selectman, then. Betty, is that all you had to tell me or no? They both looked at one another, nervously, with some minor nudges between them, to try and get the other to say what it was. Well, what is it? Are there things haunting this town at night, or... Some other weird things going on? The nervous nudging continued between the two without anything being said. Whatever it was, it might be serious, and he needed to know now. And another sip from the weak beer left him annoyed and he spotted Ori coming into the bar. Government officials rarely helped people speak up with the way things went around them. Listen, you two, if you want help, then you have to tell me what's going on. Otherwise, you leave it up to the government. They tend to run over everything to stop bad, rotten fruit, and they'll catch up good people as well. Do you want this town run over? They shook their heads no, but they still seemed lost as to what to say to him. And with Ori coming closer and closer, he could only grimace and hide behind his beer. Ah, well... On second thought, sort out your thoughts and meet me in front of the hotel tonight. Then you can tell me. No need to worry about telling me here. He took another sip and then put his drink back on the bar counter and threw some more money besides it and moved off. Ori would intercept him not far from the bar. There's nothing to learn here. Liar. But they would move off in their respective directions, not stopping. Vass would retreat back to his hotel room for the day, waiting for the night to come by. He would be joined briefly by Barry and Ori as they had some dinner, but Ori left them, leaving them alone. You should make yourself scarce tonight, I think. A doll, or is it something else? You can't say vague things and expect me to go along with them, not when I need to keep an eye on you. Not a doll, perhaps. Something to do with a selectman or some secret to this place. The two who wanted to talk but didn't want to talk, or... They seem to have something to say, but maybe I can get it out of them tonight. Fine, go run off and be a hero. She rose from a seat in his room on the bed and left. A move he suspected was one intended to let her follow him without him knowing. 
Vass shook its head. It might be nice to have some backup for once, though if it would come in handy and save him, should it be needed, was still a rather large question mark. Emerging out of the hotel a few minutes later, Vass took a look around as he stepped out. The two he was looking for, Miss Ruby and or Billy, were not to be seen. He wondered if they chickened out or something else had come up. A cold wind was howling, and the sky was cloudy, meaning a storm might make itself known soon with heavy rains. It was probably why there now appeared to be no one out here. He took a few more steps before a quick shuffle of footsteps made him look to his left. A man who looked like Billy, but with his head down and wearing a heavy jacket, approached him next to his left. Follow me, no questions or comments. Before he did follow, Vass took a look around the young, as the young man continued on down the sidewalk unperturbed. The only direction for them was to go. The only direction for them to go was straight, and once he was sure that there was no one else around, Vass followed. Their steps were quick, and it became obvious they were headed for the church area. He was left wondering why, but as per request, he kept his mouth shut. People didn't like it when one didn't listen to orders. The church was soon in front of them, but they did not go in it. Rather, the man leading Vaz headed for the cemetery where a collection of people already stood. They joined the group where a quick chant of some hymn was happening near a grave that they were standing over. The ground around and under the cave dropped away to reveal a passageway which Vaz was pushed towards. Feeling like he had little choice in the matter, and not wanting to draw his guns, he jumped in. A dark tunnel that went straight as far as he could tell was what greeted him. Not waiting to be told what to do, Vass began moving forward, putting his hands against the rough, packed sand walls that were there, keeping everything solid, he guessed. He hoped that they would stay that way, as he heard further people jumping down to join him behind him. He kept moving as fast as he dared, and hand grazing the side of the walls as he went, and hoped that some light might appear along the way. There was none to be had and his eyes were not doing well in this poorly lit area, nearly causing him to walk into a wall that was in front of him as he was going along. He was saved by his hand when his hand couldn't feel anything to his left and stopped going forward. He would turn to his left and went that way, following that until it came to an end. A catacomb tomb with many graves lined up and stacked at least four coffins high greeted him. The room seemed to span a ways back, and had a lot of porches heading down it. He could almost, he figured, make out the other end of this place, where another group of people stood. There was something going on here that was odd, it was very obvious at this point. Thinking that this was more amusing than scary, he began the hike to get to this new group. A massive empty space with a spot for more coffins on each side of the walls stood as he approached. All was empty here aside from something scratched into the floor and the group of people who stood around this circular drawing in front of them. They were all now staring at him from under their hoods. Vast, though, was more interested in the drawings on the ground, which looked like a bunch of symbols that were placed oddly in a circle. You come before us seeking information. Yeah, but what's going on? Care to tell me anything? We are the power that runs things in this world. Are you now? How nice for you. Does this have anything to do with a man called Rapier? 
or I suppose the selectman Simpson, who who might be better for this question. The crowd, however, had begun to hum in a low, droning noise and swaying from side to side. Vass waited for a few seconds and then began searching for his gun and hidden away under his jacket, carefully. The hum stopped as he stared, and suddenly they were all on their knees and bowing to him. You have freed us. I did what now? This town has been taken over by that dreaded man and someone else. We don't know by who, but with one gone, the other will surely follow. Okay, I don't think so, but yeah, sure, if that's what you think's going on. Vass had begun to back away from the group. They also now stood up while continuing to bow and began moving towards him. Listen, this is grand and all that, but if if there's another person out there controlling this town, then it, it isn't safe, is it? Uh, I should go find them. You know, I'm your hero, right? Okay. He turned and ran. The dark tunnel was not easy to navigate, but only because he didn't want to run into walls or to get caught by those weirdos somewhere behind him. His savior was that light was spilling in from an opening, which turned out to be the grave, and let him catch some fresh air as he spilled into it. However, not being seven feet tall, the task of getting out of this rectangle grave was proving to be a hardy task, since jumping left him a few inches short, and every time he did jump, his hand grazed at the sandy sides and made sand fall inward. Ori or Mary or both of you, are, I know you're up there, hopefully, maybe, please be up there. Two heads peeked over the lip of the grave, looking down on him. He was glad that they were familiar-looking ones and that they were in fact his associates. I need help getting out of here, if you don't mind. The two got down and lowered their arms into the grave so that he can take up their offering hands. He grabbed a hold of both of them, and with a little run-up and pull from them, he got up and out. Vass, once out, was quick to get to his feet and to return in the favor of helping the two ladies get up, but also kept looking around for anything that was off. What's wrong? The townspeople were under control by two people, two criminals. One of them was the selectman, I guess. The other, I'm guessing, is actually the doctor. How did you find that out? I, uh, down there? The townspeople are filled with crazies who are meeting in secret and say they control everything and I don't really know. It's hard to get someone to talk, but they do talk eventually, but it's very weird. I was about to say, they didn't want to talk to you in the bar, either. Yeah. Anyway, standing around here isn't getting anything done. I suggest we go back to our hotel and keep an eye out, or a watch out, for this doctor. Or anything else suspicious in case it isn't him. This to be on the safe side. Right, Vass? Vass nodded to Marion and shrugged as they all made haste and headed back to the hotel. They were back in their hotel rooms, with each taking up positions near their windows, looking outside of this hotel. Vass was lucky, as his view was pointed out towards the street, going in and out of town through the way they'd come in. Even though the road wasn't lit and the hour was getting later and later, he kept watch. Time kept going before a lone figure, riding on some sort of animal, appeared against a moonlit, dusty-sanded road, the moon having managed to peek through some of the clouds that were still gathered around. 
Vast blinked a few times to make sure he wasn't seeing things either. His heart began to race as this figure got closer and closer from what he could tell. He checked his guns to make sure they had a few rounds loaded in before heading out. Not wasting any time and hoping that his two associates had, in fact, seen the man as well, Vass went down to the road. He moved so that he was standing in the middle of it as the horse rider came to a stop a few feet away. It was just the two of them out there. Evening? Seems more like night to me, stranger. What brings you to town at such a time? I'm the local doctor here, visiting when I can help these poor patients. Who are you, sir? My name is Vass, and I don't think you're an actual doctor. If the man was grinning, like he seemed to be, it was hard to tell. The moonlight was behind the doctor, who was getting off of his horse now. Now, why would you go and say something hurtful like that? I practice medicine like any good doctor would. Practicing doesn't make you a doctor. Plenty of people practice many things and never claim it as a job title. And you only said you were a doctor, not your name. Are you hiding something? There was a flash of metal from the doctor's coat near his waist. Vass tightened his muscles in his hand, preparing for the worst. How about this? You tell me what's wrong with me coming to town to help these poor fees and souls, and as a reward I will give you my name. I'm here to investigate the oddities of what's been happening around here. And you, sir, are just another oddity who's appeared. The happiness or the grin which had been hidden by the shadows of the doctor's hat seemed to vanish. You found anything? That wasn't the deal. Stick to your promises, Doc, or there will be a lot more problems than you refusing to say your name. My name, then, sir, is Doc Cold. One of Rapier's men, then. Good. Then you can tell me all about my brother. End of Part 3 of The Drawn Out Fight Thank you for listening.